You are listening to Rip It Up, the renovations podcast. Hi, I'm Kate. I run the Instagram page Victorian Math Minds. And I'm Jenny. I run the Instagram account Workers Cottage. This podcast is all about renovation and interiors from the renovator's perspective. We've been through it a few times between us and it hasn't scared us off. In fact, we loved it. So if you are planning to do up your own home, you can expect to hear lots of advice from our own experience, along with plenty of tips and inspiration. This is episode one, an introduction to your hosts, an overview of our own renovation journeys and what you can expect from listening to this podcast. Hi, Kate. Hi, Jen. Welcome to our new podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's do a little introduction. You go first. Okay. So my name is Kate. I run the Instagram account Victorian Rath Minds. Interiors is not actually my job, but it was more of a kind of creative outlet for me. I started the page when I was renovating my first house in Dublin, a Victorian house. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of grown from there. That house ended up being on Home of the Year, which is where I met Jay. was a finalist on Home of the Year. Yeah, so we'll get into that in a little bit more detail, maybe. And now I'm on my second kind of period renovation in Dublin. So that's me. Lots to look out for there. That's really exciting. And I'm Jen. I run the interiors Instagram account, Workers Cottage. And I also don't work in interior design much as I would love to. I have a day job. But I renovated a really small Workers Cottage, which used to belong to a fireman, apparently, from the 1800s in Dublin as well. And then that was on Home of the Year and that one Home of the Year in 2021. But we knew each other before that. We did. We both from... We went back a little further. We went back further than over the year. Nice surprise to see you on over the year. Yeah. <laughs> so funny stories that we did know each other through friends. But I wouldn't say we were like that close. We weren't we very close. close. No. We knew, knew each other through dip, different groups of friends. And then we got the surprise when we both found out we were finalists on over the year. Yeah, yeah. So we were both from Newark. We, both, we, we were in the same year, but in different schools. Yeah. And had overlapping, let's say, groups of friends. So yeah. we knew of each other and we were friendly, but we yeah. wouldn't have been particularly close one-on-one and then we both you bought your house to renovate in Dublin a few months before I bought mine down the road for me uh, and gave me so much advice yeah and were really really helpful and then we both went to the home of the year and I won the second thing so I have to say I cheated a little bit because a lot of that was with your your advice we were both going through the renovation at the same time so I think we helped each other through it and I obviously found out that we both had a love of houses renovation and interiors so much so that we wanted to keep doing it for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it just it just never ended. So I currently write an interiors column for the past almost two years now for the Irish Examiner. So you can check that out every weekend. You'd also hear me quite regularly on the home show on News Talk. That's on Saturday mornings, but you can also listen back wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I was kind of doing it part time. And then after I had two babies, I decided not to go back to my day job. And now I'm kind of doing this full time. Well, kind of part time because I have both the kids half days but uh you're very busy i'm a bit too busy too busy for my liking at the moment <laughs> and here we are having coffee and croissants having coffee and croissants kate brought over lovely warm and croissants one of her signatures i would say okay so that's how we know each other why are we doing this so we did explain both of us really fell in love with interior design everything to do with renovation I personally, and I know you're probably the same, but I'll let you speak for yourself, have gotten a lot of joy out of Instagram, such a positive community, and there's lots of great advice out there. And I really, really love getting questions, answering people's questions. And I've loved writing my column as well and, and you know, imparting my hard-earned advice and then finding out tips from around the world to share. So you're probably 
Yeah, yeah, somewhat similar, I suppose. So what you can expect on here is advice. We've been through it a few times between us. I think once you've done it once, you learn so much. It's a baptism of fire. Oh yeah. That you learn about suppliers, materials, timelines, everything. So we're trying to impart that knowledge a little bit, help people who are going through similar and maybe go through a little bit of why maybe it makes sense to buy the house that no one else wants. Ooh. Uh, so <laughs> I think both of us probably have that in common as well. Yeah. So I think that's what you can expect, you know, should you renovate, should you move? what kind of houses to buy, you know, what to expect in a renovation, and um, hopefully we'll be able to help you there. Yeah, everything from start to finish, from the purchase journey all the way through to picking your last cushion, that's what we're hoping to, to impart here. Yeah. Okay, so I suppose, looking back to the beginning, how did we get into this? So mm. we spoke briefly about Home of the Year, and that's where we kind of got to know each other well. Um, but I think, you know, I had a new build house where we used to live in Galway, which was I thought a renovation project until I bought a Victorian house in Rathmines. Because you put some gels up? I realised that I was fairly green. You know, I had told the builder, well, we renovated a new build in Galway from Second Fix and he kind of laughed. <laughs> and then I went into my Victorian house about 10 days into the building moving in and I had no walls. Uh, and then I realised what a renovation was. Okay, so I remember when you were going through the purchasing process even in Dublin and when you moved to Dublin, why did you choose to go for such a fixer-upper? What made you take on a renovation? Yeah, it's funny. I think my husband and I have a bit of a um, habit of buying the house that nobody else wants, mainly because we're really adamant of where we want to live. Mm -hmm. And to get the area we wanted, we knew we couldn't buy a turnkey house. There's no way we could have afforded it. So I think it's our way of finding a house that's somewhat affordable. And then trying to save by doing some of the work ourselves is kind of how we managed to do that and stay in the kind of general Dublin six areas where we wanted to be. Yeah, a lot of the work ourselves, I would say. I remember you sitting on the staircase with a paint stripper and a mask doing your spindles one by one. Yeah, was that like a few weeks ago or a few years ago? <laughs> two days ago. I feel like I feel like I've been stripping staircases for like four years. I was similar. I very much had the area picked out before before I bought the house I lived here for many years I moved to Dublin in 2011 uh, and really fell in love with Dublin 6 which is wholly unaffordable for most people especially a single salary so I also knew that what I was going to be buying was really small right because I didn't need it first of all I didn't need anything much bigger but primarily I really <laughs> could not afford anything much bigger but what I'd seen around the place in terms of small houses just wasn't going to cut it for me because you know, like everybody, I've been browsing online and looking at magazines and making Pinterest boards. And I knew that there were really clever solutions out there and much better layouts out there for small houses that would suit me a lot better than what I could buy if I went turnkey. So I, how long were you looking before you bought? Oh, I can't. Oh, when we moved up to Dublin in 2017, we thought like, well, we've just sold our house in Galway. We have, you know, our deposit ready. We're just going to find a house and buy it. Just walk straight into well, it. Well, we spent every <laughs> Saturday morning on our bikes, cycling between open viewings. It's there, so much work. Oh, it took forever. It was horrendous. Like, it was an eye-opener moving to the Dublin housing market. It was literally like turnstiles into a house. Houses full of people in open viewings. You couldn't get a private viewing pretty much. I remember going to ask, ask an auctioneer a question when I was at an open viewing. Couldn't find him. He was outside having a fag. Couldn't care less. He was going to sell that house whether, whether he spoke to us or not. Couldn't care less. Yeah, I found when we moved up here, not that 
we're super young, but we were young to be buying in this area. Mm. And we were kind of lucky in that we bought and sold at the right time in Galway, which meant we had the deposit to buy here. Mm. So we were lucky from that regard, but like we literally couldn't get the time of day from some of the auctioneers. Because oh. it was so busy. And unless you were a cash buyer at the time, they just didn't want to talk to you. Yeah, certainly not a cash buyer. Yeah. So I was looking for, I had, I remember I got mortgage approval and I spent, oh, I definitely renewed that mortgage approval. So I was over a year looking. I was probably about a year and three months looking. And I was similar. as almost every weekend, queues out the bloody door yeah. um, of places. Uh, and really difficult to, to find information. Where I got very lucky was I have uh, an uncle. He's brilliant. He's in the, the trade. He's in construction. He lives in Kilkenny. And he was so brilliant for just, he came with me every now and then. He'd know what to look for. He he knew what damp looked like. I didn't really know, you know what rising damp looked like touch the walls if they're wet that you've got rising damp so that was pretty straightforward but things that might be hidden you know so I found that really useful at the start if you know somebody who's willing to go with you to one or two and just show you what to look for what to watch out for that's that was really super helpful for me yeah I agree and especially if you're looking at old houses you mm. know like there can be so much wrong with you know the skeleton the framework the kind of bones of the house that you really need to know what you're looking at or be confident that you're going to be pulling down every wall and rebuilding it, yeah. one or the other, which kind of happens a lot in these old houses. Like some of the joists in our old house were about to go, I think. Like there was a, about of an inch overlap in some of them where they were kind of hooked into the wall or all hooked into the ceiling that like, who knows when it would have gone, you know? Yeah. So we only found that out when we started ripping back plaster. And I think some of the engineer surveys mightn't even tell you that stuff sometimes yeah. because a lot of them are superficial they're only on the surface so it's good to even see if you can spot some of that stuff the rising damp you know the crumbling plaster bad roof tiles maybe holes in the roof the joists if they're dry you know that structural stuff that's going to cost you a lot of money a lot of money and a lot of time as well i remember going so this is the third house i went sale agreed on before i went through the purchase the first one i went sale agreed and it was only around the corner and a very similar cottage, but I knew I wanted to add on an extra story when I was renovating because I'd seen that done in, in a few other cottages. Um, and when I went sale agreed and I got an engineer in to do a survey, uh, it turns out that cottage didn't have any foundations at all. Just didn't have foundations. So it wasn't possible to build on an extra story onto it. So I didn't get that. Um, and that's a lot of time gone. Like that was, yeah. you know, a few months of my time and the seller's time, God love them. You know, that's not great either. But it's a really... Yeah, it's a tough process for sure. But you need to know, I suppose, going into these houses, what you plan to do. Is it just a, you know, patchwork of the plaster and paint? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to be doing structural stuff where you want to insulate all the walls, insulate all the floors? I think sometimes when you're in these older houses and you're going to insulate the walls, you're going to insulate the floors, you're going to be ripping everything out anyway. Yeah. So, you know, buy it and it's good value then. But if you're not going to do that and you just want to paint the walls, then it becomes more pertinent if the walls are salvageable and the floors are salvageable <laughs> because in a lot of cases they might be. But yeah, that was my experience. I think the house we ended up buying was the ninth house we bid on. Yeah. So we're on the ninth one. And I remember saying to my husband at the time, if we don't get this, I just I can't look anymore. We just need to stop. For you a do while. get fatigued, don't you? I was so sick of it. I was so just annoyed. Every Saturday morning was used, like just cycling around open viewings. I felt like we were always outbid, and it just blew my mind that people were going up in increments of 10k, 20k, like a lot of the time in some of these houses. It just, it was just, yeah, it was just not doable in the yeah. long term for me. Yeah. So this was like our last dash our last hope 
and thankfully the house looked pretty wrecked and no one had lived <laughs> in it for 30 odd years and there was a big crack of the back wall the chimney looked like it was about to fall down and had a tree growing out of it we thought that you were mad that all helped yeah yeah i had a similar thing with this well so what i was looking for ages as well and i don't think there is a magic bullet but what ended up working for me was i knew i wanted to live in this specific neighborhood i'd seen the cottages i loved them and i'd seen work that other people had done on them and i wanted something similar and so i i went on to google and i set up an alert so if you just go on to google.com uh, and look at the bottom you can set up an alert for a specific search so i put in the name of this neighborhood and i would get an email alert every time something new came on the internet with this name in it now that worked well here there's a, a fairly unique name to the neighborhood golden cottages um, if you're buying somewhere like Ashford Close or somewhere, or, you know, somewhere yeah. that's a pretty common name, you could be getting a million emails, but it can be helpful if you're, yeah. you know. So I got an email alert. I'd say I was on the phone to the auctioneer within two minutes and I rang him and I said, I want that cottage because I had I had viewed other ones that I'd missed out on. So I, you know, I knew that I knew the structure of it. I knew what I could do with it. I said, I want that cottage. I will give you asking price for it, but I need to be sale agreed. This was a Tuesday. I was like, I need to be sale agreed on Friday. And he said, okay. And so he went back to the seller. A really lovely, there, there were two nieces of the, the lady that lived here before me in the UK. So they were looking for, for a quick sense of Anyway, all of that helped. So knowing exactly what I wanted, knowing where it was, offering, asking, and pushing back a bit on the auctioneer and saying, I, I, you know, you'll get your asking price, but it needs to be done quickly. That's what ended up working. Now, there could have been a dozen other auctioneers who wouldn't have even taken my call. But anyway, that's what ended up working for me. This episode is brought to you by Finline Furniture. We own four Finline sofas between us and we would absolutely be expecting to buy our future sofas from there too. For many reasons, they're Irish owned and made, they're infinitely customizable and they offer a brilliant consultation service. You can book your appointment now at finlinefurniture.ie. Also don't miss their annual January sale running until 31st of January 2024 in their four showrooms, Dublin, Cork, Galway and Leash. One thing that we both did though, you mentioned earlier about if you're going to be ripping out all the floors and everything anyway it doesn't if the house is falling down it's not such a huge deal yeah it's definitely not if you're planning to do those major renovations so one word that scares anyone when they're looking at old houses is underpinning, underpinning. and people hear underpinning oh my god explain if, underpinning if you have to underpin a house which is essentially putting more concrete or more supports into the foundations where the house might be actually sinking so usually you know the foundations have been washed away it might be through a leaky drain or mm. you know rainwater guttering that's been faulty over years and years and it's washed away some foundations if you want to show you want to see a really good example go up to my current house <laughs> if you throw one of my kids small ping pong balls it'll literally roll to the corner of the room so we know we're going to be doing underpinning next year when we renovate but if you're already excavating you're already digging down in a house underpinning isn't such a big job mm. you know because you're already digging up but if you're not planning to dig up the digging up is what costs yeah. and what you know will actually end up costing you more money but i remember we underpinned our last house and i think in the grand scheme of things it was actually really cheap because we had done the excavation work i think it was like 1500 euros to do the yeah. underpinning so really it's the works around it the same goes for insulation you know all the work is especially in these old houses you kind of have to insulate from the outside rather than wrapping the inside rather than wrapping the outside of the house so that becomes quite complicated if you have things like coving you need to keep and you know old plaster and lay that's kind of these old types of plaster line plaster on the walls mm. that all becomes very complicated but to i suppose just paint that plaster work 
might not be an option. So we need to kind of you need to kind of consider whether you're going to be ripping all that plaster out and replastering, and whether you're going to be pulling the house back to bare bones. Yeah, I had something similar here. I knew because the house is so small. I really underfloor heating was something I always really wanted because it means you don't have to have radiators, which you know they take up quite a lot of space in in a house, and that can be really expensive because the floor has to come up. But similar to you, I knew that the floor was coming up anyway because. I needed to dig down a little bit in order to add on my second story. And then in that instance, it really doesn't become an expense at all because once the floor is up, the floor is up. Yeah. So probably the lesson from all of that is it's a lot of homework to be done before you even go looking mm-hmm. because it's almost impossible to price something and to know what you might end up with if you don't really know what you want in the first place. Yeah, it, for sure. And like, I think a real good kind of thing really your estimate when you're looking at houses, people say, how much does it cost for me to pay the house? And I kind of reply back, how long is a piece of string? Yeah. Because it depends on your finishes. It depends on your, like you said, the excavation work, insulation, all that kind of stuff. And I think if you look at the square meter of a house, you're kind of looking anywhere between 1,500 and 4,000 per square meter. Yeah. And Which I is think, a huge range, but it's, it's a helpful. huge it's really range. Helpful to know. But like a fifteen hundred might be your painting and putting new flooring down or whatever. Yeah. You know, like not a major, major renovation. And then the four thousand is high end finishes. You're insulating all the walls, blah blah blah. It's yeah. like that kind of end. And I think at the moment in Ireland, because builders are in such high demand, you're definitely on the upper end of that, especially with period houses at the moment. So I think keep that in kind of the back of your mind, that rough range when you're going looking at houses and renovating. That's really helpful. So that upper end is around the 4,000 mark. Then you do need a bit of a contingency bucket because things come up. So I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Things go up that you don't want to come up and things fall down that you do not want to fall down. I remember the start of this work, of of the renovation work on my house was a little bit delayed because the house that my builder was doing before mine, they found a well. They didn't know it was there. It was a full well where you get water that had just been kind of papered over by flooring by whoever was in there last years and years ago. And uh, yeah. Oh, I'd say you come across a million different things. We had rotten joists, we had dry rot in one of the rooms. Now it was, it was there previously and had been kind of repaired, but as a result, the windows, the sash windows were absolutely shot. All the floor joists needed to be replaced. So you don't come across these things until you start peeling back, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can, but kind of dry rot sometimes, you know, on exposed pieces of wood and things like that. But until you start peeling back these old houses, you don't know what you're going to come up against. So a contingency fund, at least I would say 10%, but I would say even try and push your 15%. Yeah. And that's a big ask, but remember that it's the cost of that, but it's also potentially the cost of rent. So if you're, if you're like us and you don't have family in Dublin that you're, that you're moving into, you know, if you're not moving back in with parents, you're paying rent while you're moving out. So that's a huge extra expense as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a huge expense. Not one to be sniffed at the moment in Dublin. Now, I would say, if this is putting anyone off listening, I would still say it was 100% worth it. So, I got the house. There is nothing like the house that I'm living in at the moment that I would have been able to afford for the price that I paid for it. So, even with all of that, and, you know, I was mid-renovation when COVID hit. So, that was an additional factor. You know, things went wrong. Brexit happened. Some of the stuff that I had on order ended up costing more. You know, even with things going wrong like that, it was still overall a lot cheaper than what I would have paid for this turnkey. You wouldn't have gotten this house Not turnkey. Home. You just wouldn't have gotten it here no. to exactly your needs, exactly how you wanted. And I feel exactly the same. Like there's no way I would have gotten the house that I ended up with. Yes, it's kind of a year of 
pain and hard work mm. but you need to kind of love doing that but it's totally worth it so I think so much so that I'm doing it again <laughs> and the only reason is not just because I didn't love my old house I did love my old house but we had a growing family you know we had kind of reached uh, I suppose a tipping point in our old house we never built in a home office because it was pre-covid mm. renovation we didn't even think of it we didn't even think of it as a big thing because we thought how often will you work from home once a month like now it's obviously every week for people so we didn't build in a home office that was kind of a no-brainer now so we said we could renovate the attic or move and renovating the attic would have cost a lot of money and we still had a tiny garden and we had a growing family so when this one came up probably sooner than we would have liked but it was very close to where we lived we knew the area we loved the area and it was again the house that no one wanted it had been yeah. up in the market for over a year yeah. it needed a lot of work it was pokey and was weird colors but we got a detached house we got a south facing garden it was the stuff that we didn't have in the last place so yeah for me it's totally worth it totally i agree you'll, you'll never get the house in the location exactly how you want it unless you've an endless budget miracles happen but it's very <laughs> unlikely very unlikely okay any advice you would give to somebody who's listening and they're thinking i'm i'm starting out i don't even know where to begin should i go turnkey should i do a renovation what would be your number one piece of advice for someone like that i well, I'm totally biased here in that I would always go for a renovation project because I want a house specific to kind of my needs, specific to my style. I'm going to gut it anyway, more or less. But if you're not a hands-on person, you hate shopping for home stuff, then maybe it's better to look for turnkey. But then I would say absolutely do your homework in terms of, you know, damp, any of those kind of structural issues that you don't want to uncover. Because some places might have been painted and looked lovely for house viewings but they mightn't have done the guts properly. Totally. You know, so that's a real, it's a red flag to me when a place is freshly painted when it, for viewing. Right, know? yeah. Why, is it, why does the place look lovely? Like, why, is, why are they selling it if it's so lovely? Like, has it just been repainted for viewings? Is it just prettied up? I suppose you need to know that. So that's a piece of advice if you're planning not to renovate. If you're planning to renovate, don't be afraid of, like we said, those kind of gut job things, underpinning stuff like that. Because if you're going to gut it, you know, yeah. It's, it's inevitable anyway yeah like when I got to this place and I say got it what was left over at, when the works kicked off was the front wall and part of the roof and everything else is totally totally different so you know it didn't matter if there yeah, was if there was yeah I agree I would say so a couple of things one thing that really stood out to me when I was looking for for houses because it is hard to know unless you strip things back is talk to the neighbors if you can just be cheeky just knock on the door not everyone has to talk to you but just knock on doors and say you know, how's your house going? Anything that you'd watch out for? Anything that you know about the previous house? Like, have they papered over a well, for example? <laughs> and then the other thing I would say is come around at nighttime. Yeah. That was really important. Somebody told me to do that. Come and just drive around the neighborhood and hang out for a little bit at nighttime and make sure it's, you know, it's quiet because neighbors are really important. And my final piece of advice, I would say, if you are taking on a renovation, which you should, because it's all worth it in the end, even if it's hard work at the time, is you have to treat it like work. It is work. You know, it's like it's a work project. And so the most important thing is building a good team. And I would say finding the right contractor, an architect if you need one, a conservation archi yeah. architect if you need one, um, and people to work with. That's all the same as building a team, you know, whatever job you have, where there's good communication and there's good trust. A couple of characteristics. My builder was fantastic. Shout out, Jemmy Construction. Uh, Jason Doyle is brilliant. A few things that really were green flags for him. I hate that term, but anyway, green flags for him at the start. One, when I got in touch with him, he said, here's a few other houses I've done. Here's the names of the people that live there. Go and talk to them. Go and have a look and see what you think. He also brought me up to show me around 
the current house that he was working on. So the one he was finishing up before he came over to mine. And I went in and, you know, he was proud of the finishes and the work that he had done and everything. So that was huge for me. And so those recommendations and, and what he had done, um, that was huge for me. And, and that made the whole job just so much easier then. Yeah, I think what you said there about going past the house at different times of the day, different times of the week, you know, nighttime, so important. It's one thing you can't change is your neighbours. Yeah. Um, so it's important that you like the area at different times and yeah definitely do a walk by and then yeah picking the picking the architect make sure you pick someone that you like their style look at their portfolios online make sure that you have a good relationship when you meet them you know that you get on well because you're gonna have to work with this person like Jen said so like they have to be people that you get on with and you can be friendly with because you know some things will come up yeah. that will test the relationship <laughs> yeah. there's, there's very few things as kind of you know all consuming as a house renovation so do it with people that you get on with yeah. Sure. Yeah. If you know somebody that you feel if there's something comes up or is an issue or you, even if you change your mind yeah. about something that you feel you can just address it, you know, straight on. Yeah. That's really important. Definitely. Okay. That is it for episode one. We're going to go through an entire renovation, start to finish, room by room. We leave no pebble unturned. We leave no piece of wallpaper non-peel back. So stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Kate. I run the Instagram page Victorian Math Minds. And I'm Jenny. I run the Instagram page. Okay. <laughs> No, we're going to take now. Is there a joke? This is John. This is an intro. Welcome to the podcast.